There will be no personal nor direct attacks on anyone. And I would ask that you please try to um, keep down the loud cheering and the clapping. There will be no booing and no unruly behavior. With that. This is painful and it will be for a long time. Donald Trump, baby. That's right. This man knows what's up. This is Midday Mobile with Sean Sullivan on FM Talk 106.5. Well, Sean's a tough guy. I mean, I think everybody knows that. You know, Sean, uh, he took some licks. He hangs in there. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? I mean, the beer we got drank pretty good, don't it? Did you hear what I said? So this is a brave council. I had no doubt about them. That doesn't suck. If you don't like it, too bad. Last question. Were you high on drugs? Last question. Kiss my all right, here we go. FM Talk 1065 Midday Mobile on a gorgeous Monday out there. More details from staff meteorologist Dr. Bill Williams coming up in just a little bit. We'll find out uh, more about the work week forecast, but this weekend was fantastic. Right now, it's 80 and... Fe- I mean, this is what 80 in San Diego, I think, feels like. This is this is right on time. Beautiful blue skies out there and uh, a great, great batch of weather for the last few days. Hopefully that continues. All right, on the on the way today couple hours of you and I hanging out. Live local talk. That's what we do. Every weekday here, uh, Brendan Kirby is going to join us in hour number two. State Senator, candidate for Governor Bill Hightower joins us here in just a couple minutes. He's released his health records. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Also, Al Sharpton's coming to town tomorrow. Town hall meeting at the Bethel AME Church. That starts at 7 o'clock. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, That's on my list. But uh, more pressing items before that. And that is all my notes here, my my notes that I made here just in the last 45 minutes. Salt, ladybugs, and the Nobel Peace Prize. Salt, ladybugs, and the Nobel... Those are your... Oh, and uh, also uh, vehicles by political affiliation. I guess we'll start off with the vehicle thing. Did you see this? So figure out what you're driving right now. Alita Gore's story from over at AL.com. Uh, lining out information that came out of YouGov, YouGov's ratings. Okay, YouGov, I guess the website. Uh, YouGov discovered when it polled people on their opinions about cars and then examined results based on the people's political affiliations. According to YouGov, here's the top picks for Republican vehicles and Democrat vehicles. See how you score. This is strange to me. Okay. It says, Here's the top, here are the top car picks for Republicans based on percent with a favorable opinion of that brand. So these would be the top five Republican whips. No, no, no. No, not the Republican. Not in the House. No, this is the car. Ride. Vehicle. Ford Mustang, number one here. Ford Mustang, 68% favorability among Republicans. Honda Accord, 62%. Tied with Toyota Camry at 62%. Toyota Corolla at 60% and Honda Civic at 58%. So much for the American vehicle brand. Although we could argue that a lot of those vehicles, uh, you know, I mean, Toyota made in in, in the state of Alabama. And uh, you can argue about Kia, but Kia not on the list. So, so it goes Ford Mustang, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry, Toyota Corolla, and Honda Civic. That's a top, According to YouGov, that are the, those are the top five vehicle picks from the Republicans. For Democrats based on a percent with a favorable opinion of that brand. Honda Accord, number one. So Honda Accord is number two for Republicans, number one for Democrats. Honda Civic, 
which is number five for Republicans, is number two. That's the hatchback, right? Number two, number two for Democrats. Toyota Camry, number three for Democrats, as it is for Republicans. Ford Mustang, which was the number one choice for Republicans, is the fourth place choice for Democrats. And Toyota Corolla, which is the fourth choice for Republicans, is the fifth choice for Democrats. So there you go. What that t- I don't know what that tells us. All of them, all of them cars. I mean, you could say, all right. So the Accord is probably more of a, do you say a, a sedan? Right. I mean, couldn't you, I mean, it's four doors, so it doesn't. I mean, it's not a big sedan, but a sedan. So Honda Honda Accord, a uh, number one for the Democrats. Ford Mustang, the sports car, number one for the Republicans in the survey. By the way, it goes on to say, party affiliation aside, 64% of Americans said they have a favorable, a favorable opinion of the Mustang. Now, this will bring up, I'm sure, on Twitter quickly, but, you know, that I have, uh, if it's not a Jeep, one of my midlife crisis choices would be the new Camaro. I like the Camaro. I think it looks incredible, and the performance looks fantastic, but I know there are legions of Mustang people out there that I don't even own a Camaro at this point, and they're already picking fights with me. Uh, but uh, party affiliation aside, 64% of Americans say they have a favorable opinion of the Mustang. Next most popular cars, Honda Accord, Toyota Camry, Honda Civic, and Toyota Corolla. So there you go. I, I don't know. I, I thought there, when I saw the story, when I saw the headline come up, I thought there would be some big aha, some big takeaway there. It seems like it's milk toast and bland as it can be as choices in vehicles. It does to me. I don't know if it strikes you that way. All right, uh, that's the, so. So there's how we start off the list. The other uh, the other items on my quick list before we get into Alabama politics and national politics. Uh, the ladybugs are back. Saw them, of course, uh, late last week over the weekend and today. That tells me uh, you don't need a calendar. You don't even need Doctor Bill. The summertime can't be far off. As the ladybugs show up, you know they they're they're usually at the uh, beginning of summer, at the end of summer. They're they're back. They're out there. Also, the the salt thing. So I went and grabbed some baked chicken just uh, just minutes ago for lunch. Uh, two little pieces of baked chicken, right? So I get those, and they were fantastic. I don't know if the chicken was as good as the fact that there was a high salt content in there. And I'm trying to work on the salt content thing, right? Trying to lower the salt content so when you get your hands on some, it uh, you feel like, oh wow. This is this is good. This is good, and I, and I this goes in the hand in glove with something I was listening to over the weekend. I think this is uh, telling that salt and there's a lot. If you Google it, there's a lot of discussions. Is salt an acquired taste? Right. I, I very few things do I add additional salt to, but I I do like salty foods. I think that's normal. But is it normal? When do you start liking it? it, it this discussion was about how we uh, if you take babies and give them something salty. Uh, that uh, the first time, like, they don't like it, but the second time they do, or the third time they do. And also talked about uh, in the discussion of uh, early fur trappers in the United States, well, it wasn't the United States and Louisiana Purchase and before, that were working out through the West. They would heavily salt their food, obviously for the reasons of preserving it, but number two, when they were in camp with Native Americans, the Native Americans did not have the same salt tolerance, the taste that, uh, that the, the Europeans did. So, you know, as people would borrow food from each other in that culture, where it was very normal. If you put salt on it, then then uh, then then the folks would leave it alone. So I don't know, I think it's just interesting that uh, 
there's, uh, you know, this uh, whole thing about salt. As I was enjoying the salty baked chicken. It was baked. It was not fried, but the salt was there. And maybe this is spurred by uh, one, of, one, of, one of y'all out there, listener, who loves to disagree with, like, everything I ever say, which I love, actually. I, I, I like this person. I like their interaction. And because I was mentioning the story about uh, my garage this morning, how somebody entered from the HOA, Homeowners Association in my neighborhood, somebody entered my garage yesterday to tape something to the door that leads from my garage into my kitchen, and I felt like that was a violation of my home, right, coming in through the garage. I felt like the, the garage is, you come through a door, you're coming into the house. I mentioned in that story this morning, I was heading out to get a Diet Coke from the uh, garage refrigerator. And so this person who... Uh, on all politics disagrees with me. Uh, sends, I don't know if they care. and Maybe they care and they want to keep me alive. Maybe. But they sent me a, a big article here about the artificial sweeteners leading to uh, ob- uh, obesity and diabetes. Or as Wilford Brimley used to say, diabetes. The diabetes. So, yes. I, believe me, when I drink the Diet Coke, I don't think I'm drinking something that is extremely healthy. I don't think I'm drinking a a glass of mineral spring water. It's just that I want it, just like the baked chicken. So, cut me some slack. So maybe there's I've acquired taste for the salt in the Diet Coke and whatever artificial sweeteners there are, the same way we all have a salt intake issue here in this country. All right. With that being said, let's talk about our health. Actually, no, let's not do that. Let's talk about State Senator Bill Hightower running for governor, his health. He's released his health records and challenging other candidates for governor to do the same. We'll talk with him. He's in studio next right here on Midday Mobile. Midday Mobile with Sean Sullivan on FM Talk 106.5. Oh yeah, I didn't get to the Nobel Peace Prize thing, but I will in hour number two. Thank you for reminding me on the text line, which is 343-0106, 343-0106. I did go through a uh, rant there about uh, salt and the baked chicken uh, for lunch and uh, kind of led into a discussion of uh, your, your health. And a uh, perfect transition, almost like I meant it that way, to uh, welcome back uh, State Senator and uh, candidate for governor of the state of Alabama, Bill Hightower. Thanks for being here. Hey, Sean. Hey, Gulf Coast. Hey, uh, so let's get uh, let's get to it. You have you know, pulled the curtain back here in a big way. You last week, late last week, re- revealed, re- released your medical records. I did. I sure did. You know, I think people's expectation of their governor is heightened. We've always done it for the presidential election. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think people are looking for more than just a Jimmy Carter smile as their next governor. So why wouldn't we? I mean, we have to give economic disclosures. We have to file reports every month. Health is just one more piece. Yeah, but you go further than that. Okay, so instead of having your physician come out and say, uh, Bill Hightower, uh, my, my patient is in excellent physical health, we then go into greater detail here. Well, that's the whole point. Transparency hopefully gives people confidence. At least it takes away the mystery. I mean, you've gone through, uh, we got your weight, we got your height, uh, we've got your uh, stress test, your calcium levels here. 
Uh, let's see what else we get. Uh, yes, the colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. As well. Yes. So you, I think you quite possibly would be the first uh, candidate in the state of Alabama to ever uh, discuss colonoscopy. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> from a public service situation, <laughs> it's a great thing. Um, you know, it's not real pleasant, but uh, there you go. You need you say to do that's it. your commitment to the people of Alabama. You will go get a, a colonoscopy just for uh, just for we the people who are the voters <laughs> to know. Well, my family is a history in medicine, so I'm a little bit focused right. on that. Right. But, uh, yeah, I I thought this this was something I'd done. I long, uh, guess the end of last year and early this year. And wasn't uh, anticipating at the time releasing that, but I, you know, I think it's an issue, and I understand other candidates are giving consideration. That hey, by the way, this is not a Democratic or Republican thing. All the other folks, okay. they ought to release their records. Okay, well, I want I, I want to get to that. I mean, you call on your fellow candidates to do the same, but Bill, I, I've known you for for a while, and I, I've watched Alabama politics for a long time, and those two together bring me to at least ask you the question is this specifically to have KIV release medical records? Well I hope all the candidates will and if they don't you got to wonder why not. Look if we were hiring, I'm, I'm from the business area, if we we're going to hire a CEO of Ford Motor Company or Austin or whatever you're going to make sure they, got, they have the health and here's the thing, if they're not healthy and you hire them, you could always fire them or get them to replace but when it comes to the governor of Alabama, you can't do that. If they get in that seat, they're in it for four years. Things are too critical right now. We need to have somebody with energy and vigor to finish four years strong. Okay. And here's the... Uh, you've got the, the oldest person in the mix, the governor, right? Kay Ivey, the oldest, 73 years old. Uh, Is it even among the Democratic candidates? I'm, I guess I'm not right, real sure on that. But anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe Mr. certainly Fields among older. I don't know. But uh, okay, let's just say in the Republican side... Uh, the, the incumbent, KIV, is 73. You're talking about health records. I, I could argue that your health records at your age, by default, would be better than the governor's. It, it, might, not, it might not say that she wouldn't be well-suited to be able to physically be able to do the job, but she's, you know, older. And therefore, those records wouldn't look as good against you. Yours look pretty darn good. I mean, I get you to play some, uh, you know, some athletics here. You know? Hey, I try. Try to eat right. Try to exercise. Yeah, they're but good. Look. Yeah, the stats are great. I mean, but the stats are great. President Trump released his. I mean, it's a normal course of business. And President Trump uh, has proven himself uh, very vigorous and healthy. Boy, he's taken on some big issues. I just want Alabama to have somebody that can finish the term. We don't need another changeover where the lieutenant governor takes the governor's seat because well, I, of some health issue. Well, and, uh, okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping, we'll come back to that, we'll get to this right now and then come back to some of the other line of questioning because you bring that up. Story the other day, well, first story last week, three million thereabout of, of money to be spent in war chest for the lieutenant governor's race. Then, late last week, uh, Will Ainsworth, Representative Ainsworth, comes out with a saying that between whenever last week and uh, the, the primary, June 5th, you spend a million dollars in ad, a uh, million dollar ad buy in the state of Alabama, and Lieutenant Governor, I'm not it's not not dog catcher. It's not down. I mean, it's an important position position with the state. But that's a heck of a lot of money to be spent for the Lieutenant Governor's seat. I'd be interested to know is that more contentious in the past? I don't know. I've looked, I, and there might be some people say, "Oh, well, there's an example in 1927," but in recent memory. In recent memory, I have not I've not seen that level, even adjusted for inflation, that yeah. level of spending in lieutenant governor's yeah. race, which brings me back to what you're saying. You're 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 calling out your fellow candidates, and I feel, many of us feel that specifically the governor on this uh release your health records, let's see how your health is if you want the job. 
And then I see spending big time in lieutenant governor's race. And I wonder if people are hedging bets, you know, like uh, getting a discounted rate on somebody who would be the governor of the state of Alabama. Hmm. You wonder. I wonder. And, uh, you know, you look at that. I mean, that could just be me being cynical. Maybe uh, Representative Ainsworth just wants a job really badly. Might be possibly true. Yeah. No further comment? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I can't predict what the lieutenant governors are doing. The thing that I just want to make sure is that we've got a strong governorship. The last thing we need is another turnover. And and look, Sean, it, we've got some great things occurring. We've had an education, the largest education budget in a long time. Unemployment's really low. Now is the time to address fundamental issues like tax reform, term limits, budget reform. It's not when we're suffering and at the bottom of the barrel in just like 2008, 2009. It's when things are good. Then we need to make adjustments so that we can win against states like Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. They're winning. They're, they're growing faster than we are. They're doing some things that are better than we do. We need to implement those now so that when the storm comes, we'll be ready. Okay. When I look, let's keep it to the Republican side, Republican primary side. We talked about this last time. Uh, I, I think it's silly when I hear, um, and I don't think I've heard it much in the gubernatorial cycle. We heard it in the uh, special election for Senate with, within Republican ranks. They're saying, well, this is this person's Second Amendment, and this person's not, or this person is, is pro-life, and this person... Listen, I'm going to assume among the Republican ranks, y'all are you're, you have equal chops when it comes to Second Amendment and being pro-life, and all these things down the list. Okay, th- there's, there's commonalities. I want to know what separates... Bill Hightower from anybody else, you know, when we talk about the issues that are that are different amongst y'all. It seems like so much of when it comes to, and the ads play here in our station, they play elsewhere, but the discussion seems to be these things that I have a feeling y'all all kind of agree on. But how do you, saying, hey, I'm pro-business, how, how do you implement that? You ha- And you, you've talked about that. I, I mean, I, you, you've talked about how to implement it. Look, when I ran for the Senate, I finally understood how difficult it is as a voter to figure out who you're going to vote for. And the last thing we need is somebody just to vote for somebody with a good smile or I like that person. When I'm hiring somebody, I say, give me your resume. Tell me about your accomplishments. So, uh, you know, I'm, what differentiates me is, well, one, I'm here. I've been out in the public. I've got, a pol- I've got 12 ideas to move the state forward. They're all public. No other candidate has that. Uh, compare- you can see my voting record. Okay, compare, and and I want to talk about that too, in bills you brought up and talking about, uh, you know, limiting the House and Senate, uh, number of terms, term limits, and we'll get into that. But also, uh, think about what you just said compared to uh, the governor running ads based on her stance on the monuments, right, and protecting monuments in the state. To me, because I do this every day, I realize that that's something that was decided on by the legislature, signed off on by the governor, but decided in the legislature, correct? That's right. I voted for the piece of legislation. She didn't vote for it. I mean, she signed off on it, but it wasn't that she created it. She signed off on it. So, I mean, does that, that's the thing. I I worry we would get mired in something like that and trying to make decisions to vote versus what's next. That's, that's happened. Okay. Now what's next? Well, there's some big priorities, you know, I, I think you've got, uh, you've got the issue of our education in the state. You've got our I- issue of infrastructure in the state. There's some bigger issues. What, what I like to try to do is tell people, look at my voting record, and you'll see that I'm pro-life. I'm pro-fiscal reform. I try, I've tried to implement the flat tax. 
Um, you know, I voted. I'm a Second Amendment NRAA plus member. Right. All that so, stuff. Okay, but then I think there's got to be a pretty good chance that you and the other people in the Republican primary, I could say that about, pretty close to, right? Well, not from my perspective. <laughs> really? Okay, that's um, good. So we, we come back from the break. Because I, I, I often take these ideas and say, well, on these core elements, all the candidates agree, and I want to get to what's different, but maybe not. We'll come right back more with Bill Hightower. His health records are out there. You know, linked them through on our Twitter feed, so we're all going to be looking at your stats while you're talking. It doesn't face him. Nervous thought. <laughs> This is Midday Mobile with Sean Sullivan on FM Talk 1265. All right, 1235, FM Talk 1065, online, fmtalk1065.com. By the way, that's our website. Uh, not saying anything news happening. By the way, our birthday for the radio station is tomorrow. We turn nine. It would be a time, though, if something was going to happen with the website, that maybe when it would happen. Uh, continue our conversation with State Senator, candidate for Governor Bill Hightower. He's released his health records there for everybody to see. And uh, those are, I mean, I know they're posted up in a couple of these news stories. Is there a, uh, have y'all posted it up on your website or where do we go? I just want to compliment you. Van Halen? Yeah. Coming back the, in? Lo- you love what, the old Van Halen? What classics, yeah, good, man. Good, nice, Good nice. stuff. Okay. Okay, any rate. So there was an AL.com article that came out that has the link to all my records Mm -hmm. and talks about, uh, you know, what I've done and and why I released that. Uh, There was also a Huntsville television interview where they interviewed me over the HNT, I saw, yeah. Yeah, where I just tried to explain the logic of why we we did this. Because we need a strong governor. Look, the governor job is not... You can't sit on the couch and do nothing. And... In order for Alabama to succeed, you've got to have somebody that can really go to bat for people and bring the right leadership and changes. I've always said that leadership is the biggest vacuum I saw when I saw Governor Bentley there. We've had a dermatologist. We've had an attorney. Mm -hmm. It's time for a businessman. Okay. Well, when we went to the break, we were talking about the differences. Okay. And I have this idea, yep. as a voter, sometimes I, I get tired of the platitudes. I get tired of hearing that, oh, well, you know, this is your Second Amendment. They're a, and I go, you know, come on, they're a Republican in Alabama. They're, they're, they're Second Amendment friendly. Let's get to other stuff. But you say maybe not. Well, look, you know, I'd like to think that because I've supported every strong Second Amendment bill that the legislature has, that that means something. Okay. That I have voted for tax reform, that it means something, that I voted to uh, condemn Doug Jones for his vote about the pain-capable abortion bill, that Mm -hmm. that means something. You know, I put myself out there, and I've taken criticism for my stands, because they're very conservative, but that's what Mobile is, Mobile and Baldwin County. So, um, I think there's a difference. What I hope people see is that there is a difference. They see, they hear me talk, that's one big difference, the way I talk, the way I address issues. Look at the debates. I gave such detailed answers, mm-hmm. and, and they came after me because of my conservative views. And I, that in and of itself should tell you something. Yeah, I would have, uh, <laughs> I would have talked about this, uh, by the way, too. A lot of text here about your health records, although 
John pointed out, I will quote John here from the text slide, uh, that uh, Bill is the uh, first politician to <clears throat> take it in the rear for the people versus giving it to the people <laughs> in the rear, as is the typical situation. So we'll, uh, maybe you can put that slug line on the website or something Maybe like so. That. I'll give it some thought. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this texture says... Uh, with health health records, is Mr. Hightower willing to release his financial records, education records, marriage records? Well, yeah. Um, actually, I already released my financial records, yeah. right? That was before the health records. And the marriage records are pretty easy. I met her when she was 11. <laughs> I married her when she was 19. So there's, you know, it's there. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but let's, uh, let's see. So, and, and differences between, you said leadership. Is that what you're pointing out? That I mean, I'm I'm just wondering if there's a if there is a difference between you and other people that are Republicans running running for this office. You're saying leadership, which tells me you don't you don't think that we have adequate level right now in Montgomery. Well, I tell you, when I was in the state senate and I saw what was going on across the street, I, I thought Alabama needs to do better, and that's why I've got in the race. You know, I, I've worked in organizations that have budgets the size of the state uh, and as many employees as the state does. And so it doesn't intimidate me. I've had leadership roles in that. I want to bring that business sense to Montgomery. I think that's a difference. Just I, I hope that Alabamians don't hire somebody because they like them. You know, I hope it's well, I want them true, to though. like, she, but I want them to governor, have some qualifications. Right. Well, the governor's popular. Governor's popular national surveys. I wish I could get her to show up at a debate. I know you and and, and the other uh, Republicans running for the office have, have said the same. Tremendous disappointment. Because well, here's the thing. We're not getting vetted. And that's the whole issue about the medical records. It's an aspect of vetting your candidates. I don't want our Republican nominee to face a strong Democratic candidate. And then we have another Doug Jones. I mean, that blue lightning could strike twice. Do you, do you think that's possible? I mean, do you, do you think that I mean, I've, I've I what happened in the Senate special was a uh, was a perfect storm for Democrats not to be repeated, but you, you think there's a chance of that happening again? I absolutely do. I think we need to be very careful. If you're a Republican and you're listening, be very careful who you pick as a Republican nominee because they've... Uh, <laughs> We, we, there are things that are going to come out that are going to be unbelievable to people. I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that, Senator Hightower. I keep hearing that, and I go, you know, uh, here we are. Tomorrow is May, uh, so in the primary world, that would be October. Time for the surprise. Well, if the Republicans may come out with information about one another, but when you match a Republican and a Democrat, I mean, it's amazing what what they will do to the candidate. We've seen it. So I just want them to be vetted, be strong, square on, you know, s strong footing. And uh, we, health records is one part of that. I mean, do you see that? Okay, you talk about health records. I mean, would it be a situation where, uh, you know, it's not been decided on the Democrat side, but let's just say for uh, sake of argument, it is Walt Maddox facing Kay Ivey. I think that Walt Maddox has a very strong position. I, I, you know, you hear rumors out there, and my understanding that Walt Maddox camp wants that to be the matchup. I've heard that. And, yes. uh, but, you know, that's just rumor. And, you know, that's uh, Montgomery runs on rumor, and I hate it. But, at any rate, that's one of the things I've heard. All right. But w you want somebody to, to be able to stand firm, and if you don't have the proper vetting on the front end, you may nominate somebody who can't stand firm. That's my biggest concern. Because when Republicans up against a Democrat, you're not going to be able to hide from a debate. I don't believe you're going to be able to do that. 
You need to be out there talking about the issues, saying what you're going to accomplish, what you stand for, and have the energy to complete it. The four years, that's a long term. All right, uh, grab some phone calls here, too, at 343-0106, 343-0106. State Senator Bill Hightower, candidate for governor of the state of Alabama, whose health records are published now and online in studio with me. And Jeff in Mobile is first up. Hey, Jeff. Hey, brother. How y'all doing today? Doing good. Doing You're great, on Jeff. with Bill Hightower. I, uh, I appreciate you uh, giving a platform for these people to speak, and uh, I uh, pretty much uh, uh, made up my mind for Senator Hightower. I just like to know where I could get some signs and some stickers in Mobile. <laughs> well, go to BillHightower.com. Our office is in the Brook Shopping Center where Sandy Mayor Sandy Stimson's office was, right. and you'll be able to pick up some signs outside there. We're also going to have a campaign kickoff this Sunday afternoon, and you're welcome to come to that. We're going to have some good food and a little bit of music. Okay. Is it be in the same place? Yep. Exact same place. All right, sir. Well, look forward to it, and best of luck to you. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. And, yeah, yeah, you too. Uh, so, and website, once again, you just said? BillHightower.com. Okay. And uh, while they're there getting information, if they want, on signs, key to me and voters like me is the fact that you lay out 12 points here. I do. Yeah, I wanted to be very transparent. My intentions, look at the 12 issues. I'm calling it Alabama first. I try to deal with things like tax reform, budget reform. You know, Sean... People ask me on the road, what is your plan for ethics reform? Mm -hmm. You know what that... I don't know if I said this before. My plan for ethics reform is term limits. Everybody that's been indicted has been up there for a long, long time. Let's get term limits in place. 84% of Alabamians want it. It's my intention as governor to implement it. Yeah, I I got... After you were on with us last week and talked about that, I had uh, pushback from a a couple people who said, uh, you know, term limits, what you're doing is, uh, you know, he goes down the list of famous politicians that had been there for more than what would be term limited and all the great things they had done. And actually, uh, this person arguing, you're hamstringing the ability of uh, of a representative to to serve the people, serve the state, serve the nation in some, some cases. No single legislator plays that big of a role. No, no, they don't. Now, we've had some great... I don't want to diminish the contributions of previous legislators, but the problem is, as I see it, is the long-termers are the ones that are going out and being wined and dined by the lobbyists, Mm -hmm. and they're listening more to the lobbyists than the people back home. I just want to make that change. I think they need to listen to the people back home. It's the it's the long-termers who we could unseat, if we had the will to, that receive the money, the support and carry out the lobbyists' desires more than any of the other legislators. What does it look like up there uh, in, in Montgomery when the, just a, you know, without naming names or whatever, we'll just, when the lobbyists come come calling? How is it, how, how, how's it done? I mean, I know there's probably a hundred different ways, but give me a common way that the lobbyists approach legislators. Well, there's a couple of angles. One is um, to, they want to build a relationship so the legislator will listen to them. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got ethics laws that keep them from doing certain favors and giving gifts. We didn't have that before. I mean, it's really been a change. Since 2010, it's a changed environment. My understanding is the president pro tem of the Senate had something like 38 employees, some of which nobody ever had seen. At least one had a six-figure salary. And when the new president pro tem came in, he only now has about seven employees. So it was obviously the, the state trough. Then they also used to redecorate their offices regularly. That's all changed. I've got, 
I think all, every piece of furniture is used furniture. So that's one. But back to the lobbyist. So some lobbyists are really helpful, like the pro-life lobbyist and groups for homeschoolers that help legislators understand the value of those two groups and how we can protect them. Do they come in and say, hey, uh, Senator Hightower, we'd love to have a meeting with you. Can we sit down and bring you some documentation? Or I mean, what Yes, it- they walk in. They usually okay. walk in your office. Can I see you a few minutes? Sit down. They try to inform you and let you know. Uh, now, there, there are other lobbyists. The, the troubling ones are ones that... They're not there because it's right or wrong. They're just getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. And I guess in the world of lawyering, mm-hmm. you feel okay about that. I don't. I like to advocate always for what's right. But a lawyer, you know, has to take both sides. It's easy for them to mm-hmm. do that. So you'll have somebody come in and stand in the way of progress in our state just because a company has hired them and paid them a lot of bucks. And some of the lawyers up there have got Ferraris. They've got, you know, expensive car collections. They're living really well. Now, do they do those say, hey, you know, I know how you voted or you're going to vote on something. I sure would like a few minutes in your office to talk about this. Do they do they do that? Do they come calling like the issues based lobbyist? They do. Um, And what's really nice is some are very professional and they say, here's my argument. How will you be able to support us? And I'll either say yes, no, or I give it thought. And even when I say no, they say thank you. Okay. Because they hate when a legislator's waffle. They, they waffle. They won't give you a solid answer. Right. Even the public doesn't like that, right? Right. Well, it seems like the waffling would be not in all cases because I think legitimately, I, mean, I tell people, I, you present me with a brand new idea. I said, let me get some more information before I, you know, I just shoot off at the hip here uh, with, an, you know, with an opinion. But it does open a door, right? I mean, if you, if you do waffle, if you say, I'm not sure... It could mean different things for different people. But if you were if you were a elected official that uh, had uh, questionable motives, and you bring me an issue, and I say, "Yeah, I got to see, what, uh, learn more about this, and see what I, th- th- at least in in words you could read into that." I'm open to be convinced one way or another. Yeah, you know, I need a dialogue. I, I need information. Even now, as running for governor, I understand I don't have all the answers, but I like to ask questions and I would like to find the best possible. In manufacturing, we have the term best in class, mm-hmm. continue, continuous improvement. I'm always looking for that. But there are some really good lobbyists and they're fighting for the right issues. Not all of them have difficulties. Um, and, and Montgomery's full of them. And my understanding is the hall has been packed with them more so of late years than the prior decades. We've just got an, we're inundated with, with uh, lobbyists. All right. We come back from the break. I want to talk more about that. Also, uh, part of your platform, Alabama First, what that means. And you talk about the direction the state's heading right now. You you want to change that for the better? We'll describe, have you describe how you're going to do that. All right, coming right back. Bill Hightower in studio also calls. Hold on, come to the phones when we return right here on Midday Mobile. This is Midday Mobile with Sean Sullivan on FM Talk 1065. All right, 1251, FM Talk 106.5 and Midday Mobile. State Senator, candidate for governor of the state of Alabama, Bill Hightower, uh, fresh off releasing health records at the end of last week. You can check those out. Uh, linked it through on Twitter. Uh, this is a... Uh, 
continuing conversation as we lead into the June 5th uh, primary. And uh, we have your, we have a lot of folks on the show. People are asking on Twitter. Uh, we we post, uh, we'll post this interview, the other, other interview from last week with Senator Hightower on there. By the end of it, we'll have all the folks running for governor. Uh, on there, and you'll be able to go back and listen and compare and contrast. It's something we do for every election cycle. All right, uh, let's go to uh, Taxman, downtown Fly Creek, and you're on with Bill Hightower. Thank you. Good to hear you, Governor. I'm going to call you Governor. Let me tell you something. I've been around a long, long time, a long time, way before Sean was ever born and before you were elected. But these, there are four lobbyists in Montgomery forever elected official. Did you know that? Yes, sir. On a personal level. I, I see them <laughs> every day I'm there. Well, let me tell you how they do you. Well, Mr. Hightower, you're doing a good job. You were elected by 60% now. you well respected your district now, but I need your help. <laughs> and that's the drinking body, what Hightower say. Now, you can see Hightower tomorrow night. Just, we need term limits and let the sun shine in because it kills bacteria and politicians, Hightower. <laughs> I'm 100% behind you. You've been there. You're in, you in the front line, Bell, and I support you 100%. This is the taxpayer. A few people know me. <laughs> Wow. It's right, a good endorsement. Hey, it's a powerful one. You know, when I first got up there after beating the, uh, the in my Senate race, all the lobbyists that supported my opponent came to me and said, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> we know you're the better candidate. You're really going to do well. And it just... You know, you just see you how had shallow that it is. Yeah, you and I had that discussion yeah. after you were yeah. uh, elected state senator. The number yeah. of people that worked actively against you that were there to... Oh, it was but. incredible. And then the other thing people tell me is once you leave the legislature, none of those people call you back. If you ever call them for help, they never call you back. <laughs> They're done with it's you. It's all about the money. Uh, Zach in Mobile is up next. Hey, Zach. Okay, hey. Um, I uh, kind of agree with Senator Hightower that I actually feel that... Uh, the Democrats uh, smell blood, and they really would like to win this, uh, you know, governor's race. However, was he implying that maybe there is something uh, with one of the other candidates, uh, not the incumbent governor, but uh, who was appointed, but one of the other candidates too that could come out between now and November? Well, I would just have to let you decide that and investigate. I don't have special knowledge, although. You know, I I do I have been traveling and meeting with these folks. I was in on Saturdays in Jasper and I was in Clanton and then back down here to Mobile for my 40th uh, high school reunion from Murphy High School. Right. So at any rate, I've been I've seen them and I've I've heard them, but no, nothing specific in particular, nothing at all. But I just think that as you get closer to the election day, it's a bit like a vortex, and and, and the intensity increases and more people are throwing more information out there. Okay. All right, Zach. Appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean that's the. If I if I go back here, kind of what you're saying is you would expect it, uh, maybe something that comes out going into the primary, but you have a feeling that uh, the Democrats are are uh, rallying for an attack against whomever, and if that is Kay Ivey, uh, you, you have a feeling they have a, a playbook here to use against her, maybe a, a Maddox versus Ivey situation. The unvetted candidate, look out. Because that's what they want. Look at Doug Jones. You know, this is the same thing. At the very last minute, something came out to turn the tide. And there are things, you know, I don't have any special knowledge, but I'm just telling you, there's going to be more things come out.
All right. Uh, th- th- you know, this texture, this is interesting. This is something I've seen change uh, probably the last 20 years in Alabama politics. And I hear people tell me, oh, no, you're wrong. And uh, But I, I do this. I take a census. I take a poll yeah. five days a week, mm-hmm. right? Two, five hours a day, 25 hours a week. And this texture says, I think Bill Hightower has some really good points and views. I just wish he would support a lottery for Alabama. I have heard that flavor of conservatism a lot of times. That, that you know, where the polling was back 10 years ago, 12 years ago on lottery, where it is now, uh, lottery seems a lot more popular. Yeah, a lot of things happen in gaming. Um, the, we had the lottery bill come up, I guess, two years ago. Whenever that subject comes out, it's like demons are let out of a box. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth because of all the money interest behind the effort. And no, I don't think that uh, the way to run government is by the lottery. 20 states had budgetary crisis three years ago and 19 of those had lotteries. So let's not think that it's going to solve our problem. It's not. It's going to create some other issues as well. But that's not the way to run a government. The way to run a government is go in the 93% earmarking, find all the waste without raising people's taxes, and get our government straight first, and then let's talk about revenue. But let's talk about revenue for education. These are core issues for education. The state troopers, notoriously underfunded. Yes. They were, are an elite class of law enforcement officers. We need to make sure they can do their job right. That's a core function of government. We were told that that uh, the 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 savings when uh, former Governor Bentley umbrellaed everything into Leah, it didn't been, happen. It didn't happen. I it noticed, didn't. That yeah. was so dis. And you know, I I've put companies and divisions together, and we know the cost, and we can make sure the cost comes out. In government, when you put divisions together, you create a bigger animal. And and it hurts the accountability. The nice thing in government, one of the functions of government, is to keep the power separate, right? To keep everybody in check. When you pile them all together on one, I don't like the way that looks. I just don't. Website? BillHightower.com. Alabama First Program. That's the 12 items that I want to implement as your governor. All right. To change Alabama. And uh, we, you can link through our Twitter feed if you want to see the health stats on Mr. Bill Hightower. They're on there. And, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm I, vigorous. I, and that could bring up a whole other discussion down the road. I, I saw here that it puts you, let's see. Uh, I saw, okay. Uh, a healthy level of 190 pounds is your weight. <laughs> your height, 71 and a half inches. Body mass, body mass index, 26.13, the lower range of overweight. Um, Thank they've you, got to, They've got to revamp that. If you if you make the cut for the lower edge of overweight, uh, Lord knows, I want to hear what they say about the rest of us. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hour number two all the way. Uh, I'll talk to you all then. Hold on.